Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. It's me again, and I've got Anthony again. Hello. And we're going to talk about a game that I actually always kind of associate with you. We're going to talk about Pikmin 2 today. You always associate it with me? Well, kind of. You're the one who played it. I did sink a lot of hours into that game. I liked it a lot more than the first one because there wasn't a limit on how many days you had to get your job done. We're just going to get right into it, I guess. I actually talked about that during the original Pikmin episode. I said that Pikmin suffers from the Majora's Mask problem. I could see that, but I think Majora's Mask handles it a little better. Well, I think Pikmin handles it pretty well, too. If if you know what you're doing, you really don't need all that time. I know, and like I've seen people can do it in like 10 days or even faster than that, but... I just was in constant fear of working myself into a corner. I didn't know that all your Pikmin go back automatically at the end of the day. Uh, some of them do. Like, they have to be accounted for. They can't just be lost in the wild. Well, yeah, but, like, if they're carrying something, they'll still go back. Oh, I didn't know that. That might not be true. (laughs) Yeah, you're the Pikmin player, not me. Like, you also played Pikmin 3. Pikmin 3 was pretty fun. But today we're talking about Pikmin 2, so after the first game where Captain Olimar gets lost on totally not Earth, he goes back and then the rocket ship that he spent the entire first game reconstructing is now immediately towed away to help pay off his company's debt, and now he and some Joker have to go back to the planet and scrounge up more treasure because mundane objects there are worth a lot of money on Olimar's planet. I think they called the planet something 404, and it was a play on the 404 not found on a lot of websites. Uh, as of Pikmin 3, the planet is called PNF 404. PNF, that's what it was. It didn't have a name in the second one, but I thought that, that was funny. Yeah. I think some people just kind of called it the distant planet because of the Smash Brothers stage. That makes a lot of sense. That's what they referred to it as. So, Pikmin 2 is an example of a sequel that is really just built on top of the first game. Yeah, they didn't really, like, forge a new path or anything. It's had a lot of reused assets, a lot like... The Banjo games, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, Ocarina of Time with Majora's Mask. Well, I mean, they did do some more interesting, like, puzzles and whatnot, but... Uh, oh, yeah, they... There was a lot more, like, procedural generation of, like, the caves. Oh, yeah, so the thing is that since they reused the overworld, there there's only so much that they can do to make it interesting again, even if they remix it. I totally forgot that caves were essentially, like, brand new. Yeah, the, in Pikmin 1, the forest naval stage is basically one big cave. But in Pikmin 2, they insert caves just to kind of uh, make the most of what they have. The mean way to say it is it was padded out with the caves. A little bit, it does give the series more of an adventurous uh, dungeon-crawling aspect that none of the other games had. 
I always thought it was neat to like uh go into a cave in the morning, spend like a few hours down there, come out and it's sunset. Actually, time doesn't pass in the caves. I know, but I'm trying to fit a narrative. What's the narrative? Like, I felt like I had gotten a whole day's work out of going into the caves. In just, like, one in-game hour. Yeah, but like, yeah. It's almost like the caves are the actual real time. But, yeah, the days are still timed, but I think they extended the duration of each day. Oh, for sure. You've got loads more time than the first one. Yeah, like, I think they moved it from, like, 12 minutes to 16 minutes or something. You can definitely feel every single one when you need it. I wonder if... It'd be kind of neat if they explained that in-universe as kind of like a daylight savings type thing, like the day's getting longer. <laughs> but then time passes completely in caves, so you can just take as much time as you want, but with the caveat that you can't restore any Pikmin that die. Right. What I really thought was cool about this game is it really encouraged you to explore everywhere. Like, there's a whole second half to, like, one of the first levels that I didn't even know was there for most of my time playing the game. Oh, yeah. I kind of do that in the third game, too, where the first level you're introduced to isn't the first proper level. It's just a tutorial area in a mid-game level. Yeah. And then you go to the proper first level. They... That's always a neat approach, and it makes the world feel a little more organic because it shows that easy and difficult monsters can exist anywhere. It's not just, okay, here's the easy monster zone, here's the hard monster zone. Yeah, but they could have also fixed something like that with, say, leveling the characters, the enemies, like they do in some RPGs. Um, maybe. The enemies are built less around a stat and more around a central concept like an ai well that was a dumb way to say that i mean more like the snitch bug there's no way to make the snitch bug harder or easier it's just an well, enemy that's built around the concept of grabbing your pikmin well hey let's workshop that for a second how can we make the swooping snitch bug a harder enemy maybe give it more arms uh it has it's strictly over water so like it just insta kills your the its prisoners just throws them right down there so are are you saying okay well the water thing is interesting but that would mean that they would have to i don't know i guess you say if you go to a water level later on than you're supposed to they start putting snitch bugs in there yeah like they could upgrade the world surrounding the snitch bug rather than specifically making it harder well, and I think that they do do that. Like they put old enemies in new situations that make them harder. But there's also like the several levels of uh, Grub Dog. What's it called? Uh, the Bulborbs. The Bulborbs. Like there's several different versions of Bulborbs. Some of them don't die right off. Some of them regenerate. Some of them have babies. Mm hmm. And other ones have rabies. Those are the orange ones. They do look a little deranged compared to the other ones. Oh, another thing that they added to this game was a uh, bulbmen. It's like those aforementioned baby bulborbs are like taken over by some kind of disease that makes oh. them act just like Pikmin. 
I, I can't believe it. You talked about the Boldman before we talked about the actual new Pikmin. Oh my goodness, actual new Pikmin. So in the first game, Olimar had those three Pikmin, the red, the yellow, and the blue. Like, the red ones were good at fighting, but they're also fireproof, but that didn't come up as much as it does in this one. Oh, for sure. In fact, the red ones get kind of downgraded because the fire traps are a lot more manageable by every type of Pikmin. They are, what with their... You can, like, time them, like, attack, call them back while it's spitting fire. Yeah. Uh, but... The yellow Pikmin were good for throwing bomb rocks, but now those are just purely stage hazards. Now they're just immune to electricity. The other two were supposed to use bomb rocks originally. And then in Pikmin 3, everyone can use bomb rocks. It makes makes it look like bomb rocks are just kind of a last resort in the first one. Yeah, they were a lot more sparing with the giving of those in the first game. Well, I mean, more like they, they ran out of ways for yellow Pikmin to be useful, so they just made it so only they can have bomb rocks. There wasn't a whole lot of electricity in the first one, was there? I don't think there was any. And, and I don't think that they were immune, if there was. Blue Pikmin are exactly the same as before, and they're still the last ones to be unlocked. Out of all five. And that carries on into the third game, in which they are also exactly the same as before, and the last ones to be unlocked. <laughs> but these new Pikmin, you find them underground by throwing your regular any color Pikmin into a flower. What's it called again? The candy pop buds. A candy pop bud. It pops out the seeds, they plant them in the ground, and then, oh, instead of red, yellow, or blue, this one's white. What's going on here? Yeah, that's the only way to get the new types of Pikmin, too. You really gotta plan out your visits. I mean, that's where the cave taking no time in real life takes effect. Because, like, there is a cave you can just go in, pop out five new colored Pikmin. Shoot, shoot you can just let them sit there until they're, like, full flower and then pluck them. Mm -hmm. You can go back up, come back down, no time has passed, and you get more, ten more. So, the white Pikmin are poisonous, which means not only are they immune to poison, but they can also poison enemies that try to eat them, and they can also dig up hidden objects. Brave sacrifice, and a good move if you really need it. And then the real stars of the show, the purple Pikmin. The big boys. They are good at everything ever. They're the best kill option from Olimar in Smash Brothers Ultimate. The purple Pikmin are really heavy, so they hit hard, even harder than the red ones, and they can carry up to, like, ten Pikmin's worth of, of manpower, so one purple Pikmin counts for ten Pikmin when it comes to carrying things, and they don't design any of the treasures around this, except for one very arbitrary one. One very specific treasure, you need 100 purple Pikmin. Yeah, but all the rest of them feels a lot like, oops, we didn't count on them having purple Pikmins. Uh, let's just put a puddle over here. And they do it all with Bildo Tree's haircut. You didn't really break the game over your knee with the purple Pikmin. This was kind of when we were still younger, not really. Yeah, I didn't really take advantage of it. I just... Yeah, I'll take a couple in case I need it, but I didn't really take into account how good they are in battles, uh, how fast they can go, or anything like that. I like how this game expands upon Olimar's capabilities. Yes, he can punch now. 
They could always punch, but now he can upgrade to get a better punch. He can do a whistle that will automatically pluck Pikmin, which was, I think, in the demo or in an early trailer of the original Pikmin. They took that ability out, though. Incredibly convenient. It just found ways to kind of make Olimar a little more manageable, too. And Oh, the sprays? Oh, yeah, the sprays, definitely. Those the, the super spicy spray just breaks certain bosses, especially if you use the petrification spray. It, it Honestly, just with all these bells and whistles attached to the old formula on top of the dungeon crawling, it really does feel like a whole different game from Pikmin 1. A lot of innovations, and I'm starting to regret the they-didn't-really-forge-a-path comment from earlier. <laughs> They changed a lot about Pikmin, but it was all, like, quality of life changes, all good. Uh, definitely stuff that should be in games after it. Well, there are some people who don't completely agree. One of the things that sticks out the most about Pikmin 1 is the is that it had a really somber tone to it that none of the other games ever had anymore. Did it? I don't really recall. Well, it wasn't really... It wasn't really, like, sad boohoo angst, but it, it wasn't really a happy game. It was very upfront about the brutality of nature. The game never hid the fact that Olimar will die eventually, and you can even watch him die. I thought you were going to say the brutality of capitalism. No, no, that's the second game. And Yeah, this one. I thought that's what we were talking about. No, I'm talking about the first game. Oh, bruta- yeah, I get it. Brutality of nature. And... In the background music of all the stages in the game, there's never really any happy music, except for maybe the impact site. Yeah, it's very much, it's very hopeless, it's very 137 hours. Pikmin 2, it's a lot more laid back, the music is a lot more casual, ambient, because this time you don't have a time limit. Olimar and Louie can stay on the planet as much as they like. The third game, even though the stakes are back to... Probably even higher than they were in even the first game. It still kind of keeps the tone that the first game had. But it still kind of keeps the tone that the second game established. And that's not even getting into Hey Pikmin. I wasn't a huge fan of Pikmin 3. Uh, Yes, your time on the planet was indefinite. But that was predicated on the fact that you keep collecting fruits. And that just seemed like a lot of pressure. A lot of time wasted just to collect fruit. When I could be... well finding cool treasures well the the fruit are the treasures in that game yeah but like that wasn't fun well every pikmin game is about gather this many things first it was the ship parts then it was the treasures then it was fruits yeah i can see where you're coming from the puzzles were a lot more difficult this go around though in the second one or the third one the third one okay well a lot like the first game the third one, like, the time limit is a non-issue if you really know what you're doing. And instead of the purple Pikmin, it's the pink Pikmin that break the game in half. They can fly. They're li- they're a lot more insectoid. There's really only, like, after the first couple days, there's really only one part of the game where the time limit becomes relevant again. And if you know what you're doing, even then, it's not really a deal breaker. That was a difficult and anxiety-inducing boss fight, if there ever was one. Okay. I never finished the second one. No, you, you never did. It took It took us... Let's get back to Pikmin 2. It took us 
years to even see. Did you even see what the end of the second game was? I mean, I've looked it up. Uh, okay. Well. But the Titan Dweevil just scares the crap out of me. Like, I'm not going to go against something with five different elemental attacks. Well, there's actually a Four. secret to fighting the... Yeah, you can just use the spray and cheese him, but I'm not going to do that. Well not, well, not just that, but the only hazard that can insta-kill Pikmin that it has is electricity. So if you just go at it with a bunch of yellows until it drops the electric treasure, then you're pretty much good to go as long as you're smart. It's really hard to track down and whistle at the Pikmin that are drowning, poisoned, or on fire. It, it's tricky, but it can be done. With the, <laughs> If they're electrified, though, they're just dead. Yeah. I just... That's a lot to manage. It's the worst part. It's a micromanaging simulator as an RTS. That's what an RTS is, in essence. Yeah. That That's why it's a strategy. <sighs> So, anyway, Pikmin, the series, is the best RTS I've ever played, I think. Have you played a lot of RTSs? I don't know. <laughs> this one example sure is the best. There's this uh, Civilization-like game I have on my phone. Oh, so not actual Civilization. No. It's called Polytopia, but it's pretty fun. It's an RTS. Okay, as long as it's not Raid, Raid Shadow, Shadow Legends... Legends. You can get up to 50 silver points if you use this code. So, in Pikmin 2, you have to gather enough treasures to make a thousand or ten thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, ten thousand. Ten thousand pocos. Yeah, and once you do, you leave, but oops, you left Louie behind for some reason. Because he's a lazy good-for-nothing and wasn't in the ship when he said he was? Yeah, Louis is a liability. Louis is an incredible liability. He is the reason you're in debt in the first place, and he causes a lot of problems in Pikmin 3. He ate an entire shipment of carrots, and that, like, put you super into debt, and that's, yeah, why this is happening. I just want a thought experiment. Imagine if Olimar did die at the end of the first game, and Louis still ate all those carrots. There'd be no one left to save the company. Yeah, Hokotate Freight would be under so hard. Like, no way they would ever come back. They would never financially recover. Yeah. Uh, as you clear the days, the president of the company emails Olimar in space, and the longer you take, the more desperate he gets. Like, the loan sharks find him, and I think they put him in a swamp or something. Yeah, it gets a little concerning, but then you just look at the nice nature scene all around you and just forget. <laughs> Take 50 more days. No one's counting. I was like, ah, you know what? I'm in a swamp right now. It's not that bad. <laughs> and uh, you get to learn a little more about Olimar. Well, you don't really learn about Olimar himself, but you get to see more of his family, and you get to see Louis's family and the president's wife, stuff like that. New speedrunning category, Lone Shark Percent. <laughs> the first time he mentions it but you need to be paid off or like be a couple away from it like get to 10,000 and then just wait until the lone sharks come and then give oh. it off pay it off well the game automatically well yeah like the well, the strategy is finding which area has a treasure closest to the ship oh yeah I see uh, 
the post game is basically what you unlock where you have to find Louie and then get the credits and stuff. And instead of Louie being in your party, you've got the president. That's another new thing in this game we didn't talk about. Oh, you yeah. can have two different leaders carrying around Pikmin doing different things. Yeah, and then in Pikmin 3, you, they get, you get three characters. So. And a cool little screen you have to look at. So in Pikmin 4, I'm sure we'll get four characters. Pikmin 4 is Hey Pikmin for the Nintendo 3DS. You know, I'm surprised you're complaining about looking down at the screen in Pikmin 3 after championing Star Fox Zero. You don't have to. <laughs> in Pikmin, you have to. And it's not cool. Uh, is, it, is it really worse than the Sheikah Slate? You didn't have to look at the Sheikah Slate. I, mean, I played on the Switch, so I just press start anytime I need to look at it. Is it different on the Wii U? Actually, no. They they made it the same as the Switch on purpose. It was gonna be so you look down at the pad, but they, they got rid of it so it could be just like the Switch version. Makes sense. So, Does it make sense? That really though? nails in how much of a failure the Wii U was if Breath of the Wild was supposed to be on the Wii U, and... The sequel is supposed to be the quote-unquote Switch game. Wouldn't it be amazing if in Breath of the Wild you could just find little Pikmin mucking about in the grass? They'd be so small, how would you even look that close? Like, just as an Easter egg if you take out the camera and point it downward? Uh, You could probably see them with the naked eye. They're not that small. They're about the size of coins. Well, I mean, I'm thinking about how the player would see them. You'd have to pull out the camera, aim it downward. And zoom in. Oh no! Like you, you could still see them with the naked eye. Like they're not. That'd be a lot of Pikmin to program. Well, I didn't say a full battalion of one hundred Pikmin. Just, just like in one of the Mario Golf games, if you knock uproot a tuft of grass somewhere with one of the balls, sometimes a Pikmin will fly up. <laughs> Cute. But uh, Pikmin Two. <laughs> it's basically the post game. You unlock the fourth area of the game, the Wistful Wild, which has. Really haunting didgeridoo music. A lot of caves. A lot of caves. It's very autumnal. And it's long been my favorite part. Leave it part. Long been my favorite area of the game. It's the area of the game that left the most impact on me. And on the subject of impacts, it is the impact site from the first game merged with the final trial from that game. Yeah, it was really cool, a lot closer together than one would think, so our Olimar's map must be crap. He's really no cartographer. Yeah, and then the entrance to the Dream Den, the final dungeon, is in the same spot where you found the engine on the first day in the impact site, which... Is a little on the nose with their bookends, you know, but I kind of like it, callbacks like that. He, he knew I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm fifth dimensional. So, every area in the game, except for the Valley of Repose, the winter area, is based off our previous area. The Garden of Hope has now become the Awakening Wood, and the Distant Spring has become the Perplexing Pool. Those are a little more obvious and less interesting than the Wistful Wild, though. And then... The forest navel just disappears while the Valley of Repose comes out of nowhere. I think the forest navel was a lot of people's least favorite stage in the original game. That was the one that was underground, right? Yeah, 
a lot of glitches associated with that place. The forest navel kind of made me nervous, but it's just those dang wallywogs. Well, now you can get your revenge with the purple Pikmin. <laughs> you just weigh him down. There was one time where Reggie fils said that he felt like a purple Pikmin, and I never understood the significance of that. He's trying to body shame himself. But Reggie, we all know about your body. And how ready it is. What else is there to say about Pikmin 2? Well, I guess there's a multiplayer mode that we never really did much with ourselves. Didn't really get into it. I don't think I even played it with you. I think you did once, but... I don't know. I, don't... I, could, I could be misattributing memories. I don't know. Uh, when Pikmin 2 was still a brand new game, I still felt too sad about Pikmin every time they died. It wasn't really until Smash Brothers when I got desensitized to it. That cutscene with Captain Falcon <laughs> meeting Olimar <laughs> cracked my crap up every time. Ugh. I mean, I can't, like, disassociate myself with them like that. Like, I try to save every single Pikmin. And when they die, I'm just like... <laughs> no! Basically. Entire cutscene like the boss at the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> Olimar, that blue Pikmin was a real patriot. He died for Louis' gluttony. Just a whole field of tiny little graves. Imagine if, like, Snake and the boss... You, you can tell we're out of material because we're going to what-ifs about other games. What if Snake and the boss fought each other in that field of flowers and there were just Pikmin in there? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> it kind of opens your eyes to how Olimar views these Pikmin. Dude's a user, for sure. Uh, it's interesting because in the first game he was a lot more empathetic to the Pikmin, but... This game, he's a lot more desensitized, I guess. The crushing brutality of capitalism will do that to you. This game is notable for having probably... Well, no, I guess Pikmin 3 kind of tops it, but... At the time, it was the creepiest boss in the series, that Water Wraith. Oh, the Water Wraith. That, was giving, that gave me so much anxiety. And it wasn't even that bad once I did fight it. Yeah, it's just, that's the creepypasta magnet, kind of like how Lavender Town and Pokemon is. It's just, if, if anyone has something spooky to say about Pikmin, it's usually the Water Wraith. Reminds me a lot about the ghost from Spelunky. I didn't play Spelunky. Spelunky, it's a procedurally generated caverns that you explore, and if you take too long on one level, like, a ghost comes by and insta-kills you. Oh. Yeah. And there are some games that do that, just they time you, and then when they get tired of waiting, they'll just give you something to deal with. And Oh, I mean, you can still like go around it and avoid it, but if yeah. it touches you, you're toast. Yeah, but I'm thinking now in Persona 3, if you explore the dungeon too long, the Grim Reaper comes for you, and he's a bonus boss. And Donkey... in the Mystery Dungeon games, the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon... You get kicked out of a dungeon if you stay on a floor too long. You, of course, remember Donkey Kong 64 with oh. that one sniper that just straight shoots a monkey. Get out! Tick. Talk. Tick. Remember how Dad would always screw around on purpose just to get a rise out of us? Yeah. I would do the same thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> we know what we're about. So... 
Pikmin 2, I, I think we, we're kind of both in agreement that it's our favorite of the series, though, to be fair, it's the only one I've actually played that much. It's a pretty good one. I would like to try the third one again sometime, but I'm not ready. You're going to wait for them to put it on the Switch or something? Yeah, that's pretty much what I mean. I need to get Okami on the Switch. Oh yeah, I need to play Okami on the Switch. I, I, I was even about to, but then I bought a PlayStation 4 instead. See, that's a thing with me and Okami, is that I always get distracted by something else at the last minute. Like First it was playing Breath of the Wild, then it was buying a PlayStation 4, or just stuff like that. I think I would enjoy it a lot more if I played it nowadays. You got decently far in Okami. You got farther than I ever did. Yeah, but I just kind of got lost and bored. So, you know how you can make flowers bloom in that game? Yeah. What if you could make Pikmin bloom? As I desperately try to make this about Pikmin again. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, otherwise it is a pretty middle of the road. There are some quality of life changes that they could use that they put into 3. 3 was also worse in some other plays. Pikmin 2 was definitely... Yeah, it took its own way, while 3 went back to a lot of what 1 was doing, but with some of the changes from three, from 2. A solid foothold in the series. Yeah, I can understand someone having 2 as their favorite easily. Yeah. Since I said that about us. Mm-hmm. Well, alright. Anything else to say about Pikmin 2? Uh, I really wanted to be good at Olimar and Smash Brothers Brawl, but I couldn't do it. He was too difficult, but he's so much easier in Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Still really hard, but... Olimar used to be the go-to character for really tough spirit battles, but then they finally patched it so that the Pikmin damage got balanced. They nerfed him. They nerfed Poor guy. Greninja would know all about that. Don't sleep on Olimar, people. Oh no, you'll crush him. He's a force to be reckoned with. See, now they're all gonna play Olimar, and I'll get free GSP. <laughs> yeah, that that's how it works. So, alright. Thanks for coming back onto the show. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. Always good to see you. Alright, and if you wanna keep following the BitCast on Twitter, then it's the BitCast on Twitter. You know what it looks like by now. If you know what it looks like on Podcast One's website, it's the same. So, see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Listen to BitCast anytime on podcastone.com and on the Podcast One app.